What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Friday, March 25th. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I'm Travel Anderson, and this is What A Day, the podcast that's dedicated to never finding out who Morbius is and what his goals are. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry for mentioning the name of the upcoming Jared Leto-fronted Marvel movie, Morbius. It is our solemn promise that it will never happen again. You're safe here, safe from Morbius. He doesn't even know you exist here. <laughs> On today's show, a Florida lawmaker tells us how she plans to fight the state's Don't Say Gay bill and the Stop Woke Act, even if they soon get signed into law. I cannot complain and hope and wait for someone to save us. We have to be the ones to save ourselves. Plus, the Oscars are this Sunday, and we are both going to have some predictions for you. But first, let's talk about some updates on Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which has now reached the one-month mark. President Biden spoke in Brussels after meeting with European allies on Thursday, and he made this big announcement about humanitarian help. Today, I'm announcing the United States is prepared to commit more than $1 billion in humanitarian assistance to help get relief to millions of Ukrainians affected by the war in Ukraine. Many Ukrainian refugees will, uh, will wish to stay in Europe, closer to their homes. But we have also will welcome 100,000 Ukrainians to the United States with a focus on reuniting families. So that was some of the big news from Biden. Gideon, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so as of our recording time at 9.30 Eastern on Thursday night, the administration is still reportedly trying to work out some of the details of admitting that large amount of Ukrainian refugees who do want to come to America. Now, as the Washington Post notes, that 100,000 figure would represent a really significant resettlement in the U.S. historically, but it's really quite tiny in comparison to the more than 3.6 million Ukrainians who are estimated to be displaced thus far. Poland, for example, has already taken in more than 2 million. There's actually a bit more Biden immigration policy news that we're going to get into later in the show, by the way. So keep that in the back of your noggin. But in addition to the pledged aid, Biden and European leaders announced yet another round of sanctions impacting Russia's legislature and its members, among other individuals. What are those other punitive actions that they took? Yeah, so there is quite a bit of concern about the possibility of Russia employing chemical weapons, and G7 leaders issued a really strong statement warning against that happening. Biden himself said that such an action would, quote, trigger a response in kind, end quote, Mm. which... Thankfully, he did not elaborate on. uh, I do not want an ulcer. Um, He was also asked by reporters if he supported removing Russia from the group of 20. That's the assembly of the world's largest economies. So Russian President Vladimir Putin is reportedly planning to attend the next G20 summit later this year. Um, Biden said that he would support Russia being excluded from it as a result of their invasion of Ukraine, but that the decision would ultimately be up to the full group of leaders. He said that he also raised the possibility with those other leaders of inviting Ukraine if other nations objected to excluding Russia. So that's a kind of quick update on where some diplomatic things stand 
when it comes to Ukraine and Russia. We will, of course, have a lot more soon. Turning to some domestic issues, right now a slew of GOP-backed bills are piling up on Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' desk after being passed by the state legislature. Among them is the notorious Don't Say Gay bill that would outlaw discussions of LGBTQ plus identities in primary school. There's also the Stop Woke Act, a bill that would limit discussions of critical race theory in schools and workplaces. Yeah, uh, just a constant reminder of how stupid both of these are. So we've talked about both of these bills on the show uh, before and how many people have spoken out against them over the past few weeks. But this week, employees of Disney staged their own protest. Can you tell us a little bit why? Yeah, so they called out their employer, the House of Mouse, for having <laughs> donated in the past two years to every sponsor and co-sponsor of the Don't Say Gay bill. And following a confusing to me response by Disney's CEO that left many dissatisfied. A group of LGBTQ plus and ally Disney employees across the country staged a walkout on Tuesday, including a one Raven Simone who, along with her Ravens home cast, walked off their own set. Right on. And uh, based on personal experience, it seems that every Raven uh, is great. (laughs) Um, So even with all this pushback, DeSantis has signaled strong support for both the Don't Say Gay bill and Stop Woke Act, implying that he is likely going to sign them into law soon. But Travell, you had an opportunity to talk to a Florida lawmaker about all of this, right? Yeah. So yesterday I spoke to Florida House Representative Michelle Rayner. They are the first openly queer Black woman to be elected to Florida's state legislature and are running for Congress in this year's midterm elections. You may have heard this viral clip of her giving testimony against the Don't Say Gay bill back when it was being debated in the House. So I'm here to tell the LGBTQ babies who are watching, you matter. I see you. You are loved. You are perfect just the way you are. Wow. So what did the two of you actually talk about throughout this conversation? Yeah, so I started by asking them what it's been like seeing the people they call colleagues support these two measures that impact the very communities they belong to. It's been interesting because it's really the cognitive dissonance for me. It's really the gaslighting for me because you will have in those moments folks who will say, oh, Michelle, I love you so much. I love you so much. And then when I am saying this policy, this bill is harmful to women, you know, we have the 15 week abortion ban Mm -hmm. or harmful to people who are able to have abortions or, you know, when I say, hey, listen, this is harmful to Black folks, the Stop Woke Act, or as my friend calls it, the Don't Say Race Act, or Mm -hmm. to LGBTQ people like me and my family, you know, this Don't Say Gay Bill, it is harmful because I'm telling you, and often it's emotional, it's personal, policy is personal, we can't just act like it doesn't exist, and then oh, I love you so much, but I'm going to, but you know, I have no choice but to go ahead and be supportive. And sometimes it's not even a quiet yes. It's a very vocal yes. And that to me lets me know, okay, this is more than just, I have to do this to make sure I can get reelected. This is really about how you feel and how you really truly view people who show up in this world like myself. Yeah. I'm wondering what have your constituents been saying to you as these types of measures have been debated and passed and will eventually be signed into law? 
you know, I've been getting a lot of thank yous. Like my wife has been getting a lot of thank yous. And to me, it's weird when someone says thank you for doing what's right, because that's what I do, right? There is a responsibility that comes with me having a public life, me being elected, you know, me having a wife and we're out. And so I've had a lot of constituents who are grateful. I've had some constituents who asked a team member of mine of, well, you know, why does Rep Rainer, why does she always talk about the gay stuff? My team member said, listen, you know, she would like to be talking about housing and making sure that kids have good education and working on some of the homeowners insurance problems that we have in our state. But, you know, her hands are tied. And as the only woman, LGBTQ woman in the legislature right now, I have to respond. If there is an injustice happening to anyone that's marginalized, it's going to happen everywhere. And that train is never going to be late. So I don't have the luxury of saying that's not my fight. I don't get to talk about it. Yeah, you know, Florida has a history of being like a testing ground for policies that end up, you know, becoming national, right, or spreading to other states. There's HB1, which criminalizes protesting. There's the ban that you already mentioned um, on abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. As someone who is in the state legislature, who's now running for higher office, I'm wondering if you think about these types of attacks that are happening on your constituents in Florida spreading, right, to other states who, who are looking at Florida as as an example of, you know, how they can continue to oppress certain marginalized communities. I think the best case study we have seen as Florida being a test state for, you know, horrific legislation is the Stand Your Ground Bill. Florida was one of, if not, I believe, the first state to pass it. Mm -hmm. It spread throughout the rest of the country. Um, And that's actually what prompted me to run for elected office to begin with because of my experience as an attorney dealing with the Stand Your Ground Law. So I know that when these types of insidious bills that really prey on marginalized people, that these bills will spread. We've seen it happening. We're seeing it in Idaho, in Texas, in Georgia. And as I'm looking to hire office, you know, my parents were in the civil rights movement. So I've always kind of had this idea of really the federal government, a strong Congress, a strong Senate coming in to save the states when they're not doing what's right. We could sit and fight a losing battle in the state legislature. It is a super majority. It's like three or four away from being a supermajority. Or we can make sure that we can do the things in the federal government to protect the people from folks who just want to have power for power's sake. Now, your background is as an attorney. So I want to ask if Governor DeSantis signs these bills, which he's expected to do, What are kind of these legal avenues or other options that Floridians might have to like kind of prevent or stunt some of the harmful effects that might might happen from some of these bills? Well, I think there's a couple of causes of action that can happen. There could be a cause of action of someone who believes that they're harmed by this bill. Whether it's the Stop Woke Act, whether it's the Don't Say Gay, there is a student that's in a school and believes that he or she or they have been harmed by rhetoric or not being able to discuss their family or whatever that may be. Their parents could sue um, and say that this bill is harmful, that this bill is unconstitutional. I think on its face that this bill is most of these bills are vague and they're overbroad. And let me tell you, I think that it's done purposefully. Mm. It's not done like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know I needed to include that in there. It is done purposefully to cause a legal challenge because we now 
have a very conservative Florida Supreme Court, many of whom, including the new chief justice that was handpicked by Ron DeSantis. So I believe and you know, I'm sure there's other learned folks that may be listening, but I believe that it was done purposely to cause a challenge. So then the Supreme Court, because it's going to get all the way there, can say, Governor DeSantis, you're absolutely right. You are able to discriminate against LGBTQ folks, black folks or whatever in this way. And so don't be fooled. This is a slate of bills. This is a constant and consistent attack on folks who do not look like Ron DeSantis, who do not love like Ron DeSantis, who do not think like Ron DeSantis, and who do not have the financial wherewithal that Ron DeSantis has. So unless you are a straight, white, uh, cisgendered, heterosexual, wealthy man, you lost in this session. But if we don't do something to change, you're going to lose in the state of Florida. So answer this for me then. Why is it important for you as, as an individual, as a Black queer woman who's in this particular position in the state legislature then to keep fighting against DeSantis, against your Republican colleagues? Like, how do you not lose hope? Some days are harder than others because, you know, you come home and you're like, what am I doing? Like, I don't have to do this. But I also understand the assignment that's on my life. Right. I'm very clear that this has less to do about me trying to hold on or to retain some type of power. But it's more about making this road better for people that are coming behind me, just like my parents did for me. I cannot complain and hope and wait for someone to save us. We have to be the ones to save ourselves. That is why I keep getting up every morning and doing this. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I totally enjoyed this conversation. And Gideon, that's my conversation with Florida House Representative Michelle Rayner. Both the Don't Say Gay Bill and the Stop Woke Act are awaiting Governor Ron DeSantis' signature, but we'll put a link to some resources in our show notes to help those who would be affected by them. And that is the latest for now. Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. North Korea tested an intercontinental ballistic missile or an ICBM on Thursday, and it is said to be its biggest one yet. Yikes. Uh, This is part of the country's five-year plan to upgrade its nuclear weapons arsenal, including ICBMs that are capable of reaching the U.S. Uh, Mm. We do not like to hear that at all. Uh, Japan, South Korea, and the U.S. all condemned North Korea's test, which was its 12th missile launch this year. The Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida called the launch reckless and unacceptable after the missile landed about 100 miles off Japan's coast. And South Korea responded by launching its own ballistic and cruise missiles. This is all uh, worrisome, to put it mildly, especially because nuclear negotiations between North Korea and the U.S. have been stalled since 2019. And not to mention, we got a lot going on right now. I'm, I'm going to need the Koreas. amount of... I'm going to need the Koreas to slow down, all right? <laughs> yeah, I can't handle it. <laughs> On top of announcing that the U.S. will welcome Ukrainian refugees, the Biden administration said yesterday that it'll also speed up the asylum process for refugees at the southern border. That's been a crisis since 2014, when an influx of Central American women and unaccompanied minors began to approach the border, seeking refuge from violence and political instability back in their home countries. The White House said it'll now allow asylum officers to review cases instead of just immigration judges. As of last month, there were over 600 
170,000 cases backlogged in the system. The administration hopes this change will shorten the average wait time for cases to be heard from five years down to six months. And the new policy comes at a crucial time. Border officials say that this month they're on pace to detain 200,000 more migrants trying to cross the border illegally out of desperation. However, many immigration advocates are worried that rushing cases might deny some asylum seekers due process. Advocates are also calling for the end of Title 42, a pandemic-related health order from the CDC that allows authorities to rapidly deport migrants back to their home countries. The policy was implemented under the Trump administration, allegedly under the direction of Stephen Miller, but its enforcement has only gone up under Biden. The CDC will decide whether to extend that order by this coming Wednesday. Yeah, I don't like where that is headed. Um, Like so many of us who have been American tourists in Europe, some of the biggest U.S. tech giants are about to be humbled and admonished. Uh, Yesterday, the European Union finalized a sweeping antitrust law targeting some of the world's largest tech companies, and it's called the Digital Markets Act. So the law fits with the EU's tendency to be decidedly tougher on big tech than our government, and it will confer benefits for users while also making it a little easier for young tech companies to challenge the monsters like Google, Meta, Amazon, and Apple. It may also force Apple to allow alternatives to its app store on Apple products, removing a huge source of revenue for the company, which takes 30% of every app store transaction. That is quite a hefty tip. Uh, It would also make it harder for Meta and Google to do ad targeting, which is their main financial engine, of course, and the reason that they have a file buried deep in their servers labeled Gideon Resnick's suit preferences underscore favorite smell. (laughs) Uh, You will never know the truth, Google. I have tricked you. Uh, The law is expected to go into effect early next year, and if companies violate any of the policies, they could face significant fines. A final vote will take place soon in the European Parliament, which includes representatives from the 27 countries in the EU. But if we are being honest, this is a done deal. That vote is merely a formality. On the issue of conflicts of interests for Supreme Court justices, the right has issued a resounding hold my gavel. (laughs) Yesterday, CBS News and The Washington Post published text messages between former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and Jenny Thomas, the spouse of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, where she repeatedly counseled Meadows to continue trying to overturn the 2020 election. These messages were sent in the months following Trump's loss to Biden and around the time of the Capitol insurrection. Meadows turned them over to the House committee investigating the January 6th attack. Highlights include this text Thomas sent on November 19th regarding false allegations of voter fraud from pro-Trump lawyer and future Dancing with the Stars contestant (laughs) Sidney Powell. No, don't you dare. (laughs) Quote, Mark, don't want to wake you. Sounds like Sidney and her team are getting inundated with evidence of fraud. Make a plan. Release the Kraken and save us from the left taking America. America down. You know, it's a good thing that none of these people are important or uh, in any proximity uh, to important people. That's at least a relief. Well, interestingly enough, Thomas has said in the past that her husband doesn't talk to her about his work as a Supreme Court justice, and she doesn't talk to him about her work freeing Krakens. But all this seems pretty egregious in light of the fact that at the time Thomas was sending these text messages to the White House, the Supreme Court was actively ruling on cases trying to overturn the election. I don't think that we're doing so great. You know, there's just little <laughs> reminders of things like that. Listen, the stuff that keeps coming out of the January 6th investigation. 
super intriguing stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all I could say. Yeah, we're getting like the monthly Dickensian, like episodic <laughs> versions of, of this novel unfolding. Um, and it's not good. We, we don't like to hear it. Um, don't text people release the Kraken in basically any <laughs> context. Um, and those are the headlines. We'll be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WAD. It's Friday, Wad Squad, and when we look back on 2021, a year of new presidents, old pandemics, insurrections, and building back better as much as is possible within the limits of our rickety-ass government, there's one thing that sticks out. The movies. That will be the theme of the weekend as we all gear up for the 94th Academy Awards on Sunday. Whether you watch this year's movies at home, watch them in a theater while masked and vaguely on edge, or didn't watch them at all, it's a pretty good crop, and we're excited to 
to see who wins out. The most nominated movie this year was The Power of the Dog with 12 nominations. Encanto is favored for Best Animated Picture. And Summer of Soul is favored for Best Documentary. But we wanted to dig a little deeper here and share some of our hot takes, or wad takes, if you will, about who might go home with a little gold man on Sunday. So Gideon, <laughs> what are some of your predictions? Drum roll, please. All right. I think that Coda is going to win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Coda? I have. I cried my eyes out. It was everything. Okay. I have not. So that's a great recommendation because I trust you. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to win. And then Campion is going to be director. They're going to split like that because Power of the Dog is you know, a thing everybody says they really like but mm-hmm. is too inaccessible, I think, to be like a actual Best Picture. But the one that I want to actually see is Don't Look Up just for the chaos of it. But what do you think? I'm looking forward to Beyonce (laughs) losing and not getting an Oscar again. She is nominated for her song from King Richard. And she reportedly will be performing live streaming in from the Compton tennis courts. That is very cool. Who is she up against? She's up against Billie Eilish and Phineas. She's up against Lin-Manuel Miranda, who, if he wins, will get that coveted EGOT, right? Okay. He's probably one of the front runners there. Interestingly enough, I'm talking about the song category and haven't said anything about the movies themselves. <laughs> I'm rooting for Anjanou Ellis in the Best Supporting Actress category. Mm. She's not going to win, but she deserves all the attention she's getting. And, you know, who else? You know, y'all know how we go. I'm rooting for everybody black in the words <laughs> of Issa Rae. That is great. Is this going to be fun? Like, do we think this is actually going to be fun compared to, like, the previous years? Well, we have Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, and Wanda Sykes as, like, a trio of hosts. Mm -hmm. And I love at least two of those three ladies. (laughs) And so I think that's going to be great for us. I'm going to let the audience figure out uh, who the the third is. We'll leave it at that. Um, That is what we're thinking about the Oscars this weekend. Make your pools, I guess. Uh, But it's not over until that little gold man sings. Yes. That would be disturbing if that happened. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, tell us your suit preferences so we can tell big tech and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just Jenny Thomas's dangerous texts like me, what today is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Travel Anderson. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and be, be gone, gone Morbius. Morbius. You're not welcome here. No, you're <laughs> too scary. And whatever Jared Leto did to prepare for this role is also too scary. He needs to relax. Yeah. Take a step back. It's okay. Let's stop doing the method acting thing. That's so early 2000s. Just be you, Jared. You're 30 (laughs) seconds to Mars self. We love it. (laughs) What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran and me, Gideon Resnick. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka.
As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware.